0: One of the interesting things that came out of the whole David Chandler, Elony Petinos thing was that the company that he was asked to go and and deal with, whose building he'd put a stop work order on, came out in the the paper that the brother of one of the directors was thought to be associated with somebody who had a criminal record Mm. they had a picture of. And that sent a few people into a tiz. So we're going to talk about... The connection between alleged criminals and alleged developers (laughs) (laughs) in the podcast today. We're also going to talk about, you did an article about whether it was worth buying into buildings where you knew there were problems. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about a body corporate in Queensland that got itself in the poo. (laughs) I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review.
1: And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain.
0: And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. (music) Property developers with criminal connections, Sue, does this surprise you? (laughs)
1: Well, 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 it's like going back to the old, to the days of the seventies, really, isn't it, really? Yeah.
0: I remember, yeah. uh, oh, just when we started writing about this stuff, somebody told me a story that they were in a meeting and there was a building, uh, in Victoria Street in King's Cross, I think, um, where the notorious underworld character Lenny McPherson had been buying up all the apartments in the building with a view to knocking it down and building apartments. And in those days, you had to get 100% approval from the owners that uh, they would sell the building to whoever. And there was one old bloke who just didn't want to sell. Mm. And he said, look, I don't want to be difficult, but I've lived in this apartment since I got married as a young man. I brought up my kids here. My wife lived here with me before she died. I like to just sit in the corner window and look at the world go by. So, you know, if Mr. McPherson wants to buy my apartment, all I ask is that I get an apartment in the same position Mm. in the new building. Mm. And McPherson's lawyer said, okay, this is how it's going to work. Mr. McPherson is going to let out all the apartments that he owns to drug dealers and prostitutes and bikies. And young people and backpackers.
1: That's horrendous, isn't it?
0: Then some days your water will get turned off and you'll call up the building manager or the strata manager and they might get round to fixing it. And so other days the electricity will suddenly stop and eventually your life will just not be worth living. So why don't you just sell?
1: Wow. And I bet that happened quite a bit, really. I think it You know, did. there was an awful lot of money in it. There was not very much um, consumer protection, if any. Mm. And, um, and you people know, were scared. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a lot of money at stake and desperate yeah. people and horrible people doing terrible things.
0: And we're not suggesting for a minute that anybody connected with coronation properties is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, behaves in any manner of like this. Not. Of no. course not, of course not. Anyway, just having a brother who has a friend who might or might not have criminal connections mm. doesn't mean anything. Mm. Another story I recall vividly is, and this is quite a funny one in a way that it started. The police were doing a raid on an apartment block, um, somewhere out west. Uh, they, they were doing a raid on an apartment because there was a drug dealer there. Mm. And they all went in, charged in, and started taking pictures and arresting people. And and one of the policemen went out onto the balcony just to look, maybe to have a cigarette or something. And he leaned on the, the balustrade and it fell away down Ooh. five floors onto the street. Wow. So they contacted the council and said, you know, this building its really dangerous. And what it turned out, That the building had been built by a dodgy developer, obviously. The strata manager, the the owners had hired a strata manager to pursue defect claims. The strata manager had been advised over the phone to resign so that the developer could appoint their own strata manager who wasn't going to pursue defects. Mm, Mm. And after a couple of threats, the, the strata manager said he had no intention of resigning. And mm. then one night, a couple of people broke into his apartment and broke his knees with baseball oh, gosh, bats. Gosh,
1: I remember that too. Yep.
0: And then the replacement strata manager, who again was not the the preferred choice of the developer, on her first day at work, she got a letter with a newspaper cutting about the the guy who had had his legs broken.
1: Mm. That's
0: about as nasty as it gets, I mm. think.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: But I do remember. uh when I think we were at a conference and we were, we were talking about uh, David Chandler and the fantastic work that he's been doing. And this lady just, so I think just thinking aloud, she just said, Oh, I do hope they don't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and you think,
1: Well, mm.
0: it's not that ridiculous a, a, mm. a suggestion.
1: Yeah.
0: I have actually, funnily enough, in my new novel, which I've just Submitted to the publisher, I talk about a developer who's a former criminal and mm. who, uh, and I've made the observation that they, they have the same basic skill set as dodgy developers deception, threats, uh, <laughs> acting dishonestly. Basically, the difference between most dodgy developers and, and the criminal fraternity is that the former tend to use highly paid lawyers while the second might be more likely to resort to baseball bats.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't fill your confidence, does it really? Well
0: I think we're I think we're We're in a much better place now. We're in a better place now. But I do know that a well known um local government politician who ended up in jail, but not for anything to do with his dodgy development deals actually approached a well known person from the dark side and asked him for advice because uh, he said, I've become notorious and I'm going to jail and I don't have any money. And the advice that he was given was, being rich and not famous is good. Being not rich and famous is bad. (laughs) So yeah, look. Yeah, it's I
1: remember th- one of the um, the movers and shakers from the Owners Corporation Network. You know, mm-hmm. the, the apartment owners peak body. He was told in no uncertain terms by a developer once that if he carried on doing the kind of work he was doing, he might might very well end up at the bottom of the harbour. Mm. And um, it kind of really rattled this person, but he carried on. Mm. All credit to him, really. Mm. So, Actually, um, yes, I
0: remember that story mm-hmm. because that developer was quite well known and mm. still operating mm. and as far as we know has not actually disappeared anyone into the harbour. Let's hope not Yeah, so yeah, look it's it's exciting for journalists and, and observers to think that there are dodgy dealings going on everywhere but you know, developing apartments is a less risky way of making money than selling drugs
1: mm. Yeah, and more respectable
0: More respectable, yeah And uh, and I think eventually most people in the criminal fraternity either end up in jail or dead or thinking, I have acquired all these skills, why don't I use them in a way that's legitimate?
1: (laughs) Right. But that, of course, is not...
0: That is not to do, that is not (laughs) saying anything about the people that have been mentioned recently in the press because, you know, they could be absolutely straight, as dies, and, mm. and, you know, they, they may even have made a mistake in the past. That doesn't mean to say that they're acting no. in criminal ways sure. at present. Yeah. When we come back, so you're going to tell us about buying an apartment in a building that you know has problems. That's after this. <music> so, would anyone in their right mind buy an apartment in a building which they knew had problems?
1: Yes, because I think we, we often look at buildings with problems and many people in those buildings are quite keen to sell and they're quite keen to sell at quite a low price as well. And you, you look at them and you think, well, are those buildings lemons or is this a good opportunity to make lemonade? Ooh. <laughs> and so I talked to a few experts and asked them if they would ever con- consider buying an apartment in a troubled building. And they said, well, yes. I mean, under certain circumstances, they they would. And people could get a bargain in certain circumstances as well. I suppose it depends mostly on what kind of issues a building is facing and whether they're fixable and how much money that's likely to cost And maybe there's a council order or a government likely to come in and deem it unlivable, which is a a huge problem. Mm. But then you have to look at other things as well. I mean, what is the owner's corporation doing about it? And it might be in a really good financial position and it may have budgeted to fix those problems, in which case, you know, it's just business as usual in many cases Um, because it could be just a building sometimes doesn't look very good because it might have cracked rendering, And that might be just, you know, a surface problem. It just Mm. superficial, it's it's not a huge problem, or it might be disguising, you know, more significant cracking underneath. Mm. But you need to look at the building will will have its own um, reports on its issues, and it might even be worth getting your own independent report, somebody suggested.
0: So what about these buildings that um have had problems for years. And the majority of owners have decided the best thing we can do is just get out of here and let not tell anybody and let the next people who move in deal with the problem.
1: Well, you'd be very, very careful to read their minutes. Hmm. And you'd read between the lines in their minutes to see if there's a problem that they're just not addressing. Yep. Because you'd be able to see from orders made on the building, you'd be able to see the kind of Action the building is taken or not taken and decide then whether it's a good financial certainty or whether it's kind of a, it's far too risky to ever bother with. But, you know, one of these people said to me that there's a huge stigma about apartments. You know, some people will be happy to buy an old rundown house mm, and completely fix her up. Yeah. And completely renovate it and, and make money on it. But when it's an apartment, they're suddenly really nervous about it. But, yeah. I mean, it's basically just a, an issue of multi multiplication multiplication mm. is that yeah, such a word yeah, there is <laughs> it's just a question of you know it involves more people so it yeah. can be a little bit more complex to negotiate but in fact if you look at the money you're you'd be spending as an investment in the value of that mm. apartment and the amount of money you're likely to get out at the other end or or a fabulous apartment to live in or a fabulous apartment to sell later on you know, maybe it might be a worthwhile investment in the same way that putting a lot of money in a house might be a worthwhile investment.
0: Also, you've got the, uh, I mean, you do have developers, investors uh, going around looking at buildings like that and and thinking, well, we could do a buyout here and and do a rebuild. Uh, Well,
1: that's true too, yeah. And
0: if you are one of the, if you've got that kind of mentality, if you see a building that's in trouble, Mm. and you can buy into it cheaply, you might be able to sell at a considerable profit.
1: That's right. And I guess that would depend mostly on how big the building is as well. Mm. You know, if you're talking about, you know, a high-density building, a tall building, a big building, that might be a bit more complex than a small kind of four-apartment, sixes mm. block, yeah. which may be a lot, lot easier to to talk to people and – negotiate a sale with. yeah. So yeah, it's it's very much on a case by case basis. But the message was very much don't just dismiss it out of hand, look a bit more closely at the possibilities and the opportunities and see if it will be worth the challenges really. So if you
0: own an apartment in a building like that, is it worth getting an engineer's report for the whole building, getting your owner's corporation to get a proper engineer's report so that everybody in the apartment building can say, look, this Mm. is what needs to be done. This is how much it's going to cost. I mean, from the point of view of selling, it surely must be better to say, this is... Being transparent entirely. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is what it will cost you if you buy in here rather than sneaking around hoping that.
1: Oh, yes. Because people just get really suspicious if people are trying to hide things. Yeah. And they might even imagine that the problems are much worse than they actually are. So I think transparency is really important and a good engineer's report mm. would, would be invaluable, really. If somebody's thinking of buying into a trouble building, into a crumbling building, they might think, I'm not sure I want to trust their report, but it's possible to get um, other independent engineers reports for about a $1,000. And mm. I mean, that's not very much money if you're thinking of investing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into an apartment.
0: I remember when I used to do the, the James Valentine afternoon show before he moved to mornings, somebody called up once and said they were up in the northern beaches and uh, there was an apartment for sale and the vendor said that they would give them a 20% discount. If they didn't inspect the building.
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> and it's like
1: the lottery, isn't it, really? Both
0: James and I said run away yes. as fast as you possibly can. Yes. There is no way you would you would even want to do that, you know, because mm. what is it that they don't want you to see? But this young bloke was saying, Yeah, but look, it's be such a bargain. Oh Nah. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: If it looks too good to be true, <laughs> then it probably isn't true.
0: Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, the other thing that people don't realise when they're buying into apartment blocks is, you know, you touched on it earlier, you said that you could have a problem there with all the other people in the apartment block not wanting to fix the defects. They don't have a choice. Mm. The law says you've got to maintain and repair. Yeah. So you could come in with a building that has a moribund committee who are not prepared to do anything because they don't want to pay any more money than they already have and, and basically just say, look, the law says you've got to do this. I'm yeah. prepared to pay my share.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's not going to make you the most popular person in the building, but it does. it actually will improve the building stock in a small way because mm. that building will get fixed up. Mm. You will be able to get a return on your investment. And once it's fixed then everybody will know that this building is now sound and it's going to be standing around for the next few years.
1: That's dead right. And I think sometimes a lot of committees don't do anything because they're not quite sure what to do. They might have a strata manager who's not particularly proactive Mm. and is not advising them. And they don't realise that it's not just a question of raising special levers to get the work done. They could get Um, a strata loan they could raise levies and have a strata loan they could have both at the same time they don't realize there are lots and lots of options right and i think sometimes you know especially if it's an older building with older residents who've been there a long time they just may not realize that they have different avenues they can pursue
0: right when we come back We are going to look at a couple of stories, one about a body corporate in Queensland that has literally got itself in the poo, and we're going to give you an update on that story about the community scheme where the secretary managed to veto the motion to their committee that was going to remove him as secretary. (laughs) It's after this. Here at Flat Chat, we are always telling people that one of the benefits of apartment living is that you can just lock up and leave when you want to take a holiday. Well, if you're looking for some inspiration on where to go to make the most of your freedom, take a look at MildRover.com, our website for seasoned travellers. It has news, reviews and special travel deals in which you can literally save thousands of dollars. That's M-I-L-D-R-O-V-E-R.com, the website that takes you somewhere fantastic. Even if you don't leave home, on the website this week, I'm running a story from the Unit Owners Association of Queensland. There was a building up there. I mean, it's this is a pretty yucky story. Um, so if you're eating, stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was an apartment where the block had a blockage in the a sewage drain pipe, and these people were away on holiday, and they came back and found that their apartment was flooded with raw sewage oh no so uh obviously this is a apart from being horrible it's a big expense mm. cause it's cleaning it's repairing it's removing and they contacted their home and contents insurers and they paid up so much the strata insurers paid up a certain amount the owners corporation never challenged the facts of the the case they said look yep, this is a a common property pipe it Mm. was not being properly maintained it's our fault but they said we are only liable for as much as our strata insurance covers
1: wow they can't say that can they
0: apparently not (laughs) (laughs) because the owners realizing that they were going to have to pick up the balance of the costs took them to a tribunal Okay. And uh, there is a um, section of the you know it's body corporate and community management act. Okay. Yeah. I think it's section 231.
1: We'll take your word for it, Jimmy. It's
0: on the it's on the website anyway. And that means that you can well first of all, you can take your owners corporation um for compensation when they're at fault. Mm. There's a limit. I think it's $75,000 for the actual damage and $10,000 for the costs associated with taking the case. They pursued that Mm. at the the tribunal, and the tribunal said, well, first of all, let's get rid of this idea that you're only liable for what you're covered for. That's got nothing to do with your liability.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: Your liability is absolute under the law. The owner's corporation it has to maintain and repair common property. So they knocked that aside and then they basically the owner got all their money back.
1: Wow. Well, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it, really? Because otherwise you could under-insure lots of things and then just pay out what the insurance gives you.
0: It's very common these days for strata schemes to have an excess on their insurance policies mm. um, so that it's only claims over a certain amount. Mm. Now, if they're going to say, well we are only covered for X amount, they're obviously going to fall short. Mm. So, but it, it just basically, it's it's a myth and it's a very common myth in Strata that the owners' corporation only has to pay what they can get back from insurers.
1: Great. So that's good to be able to see that in black and white and know that that's not the case.
0: Absolutely. The other story we were looking at was the one about the community title. It's four different schemes one of which has 45% of all the unit entitlements in the entire Mm. community title, the the multiple. So
1: they're more powerful than anybody else.
0: Yeah, and each block in the scheme has a representative on the community association. And the other three members wanted to get rid of the fourth one as secretary, not remove him from the committee. They just didn't Mm. want him or her to be secretary anymore. So they put a motion up to their next committee meeting And there is a thing in Stratalon that if more than one third of owners don't want something to be discussed at a committee, they can petition the secretary or the chair Mm. and say, take this off the agenda. So this secretary, who was being led towards the exit door, said, hey, I've got 45% of the votes here, so I am vetoing this motion to have me removed. Now, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and Mm. we both decided that surely this must be wrong. So we asked our friends at Bannerman Lawyers what they thought, and they came back and said, basically, the guy who represents that building represents the owners. Even though they hadn't taken a vote, even though they hadn't polled the owners in the building, they were effectively 45% ownership in that committee and yeah they could veto. Wow
1: so he was right. He was right. Oh my gosh.
0: And the person who contacted us has said as a result of this they are now no longer having committee meetings. Their meetings from now on will all be minuted or agended as extraordinary general meetings and that veto doesn't apply then. (laughs) That's clever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking yeah. they might have to change the law. And uh, somebody wrote to me and said, why would you change the law just because it doesn't work the way you think it should? Mm. And uh, I said, because sometimes you just have to do that when you discover these things. Like years ago, through our forum, we discovered that developers were selling apartments on the condition that people gave them their proxy votes. Mm. And when we exposed that, in the Sydney Morning Herald, did a big two page expose. They changed the law. They mm. changed the law here. They changed the law in Victoria as well. Mm. At the time, the planning minister was Frank Sartor. Oh, yeah. And he said they were changing the law because of community complaints and uh, stories in the press. <laughs> and I thought about it and thought, well, nobody else was writing about this. <laughs> so that was me. <laughs> <laughs> we did that.
1: Troublemaker again. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I think it is valid when you see a law that is being mm. misused. Yes. As this one, I think, was. Mm. Then it is valid to say, well, can we change this the next time you're having a look at the laws?
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: And on that note, uh, thank you very much, Sue, for giving up part of your valuable Sunday evening. No I know problem. you've got lots of work to do at the moment. No worries. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Rap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.